A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's right. I am just clapping before this week's episode of AEW Dynamite Ups and Downs because some of the things that happened around about 12, 16, 18 hours ago on All Elite Wrestling were just stupid. One of the moves that happened, I have now watched twice and I still think I made it up because it didn't make any sense. But hello, my friend, Jess. My name is Simon Miller here at What Culture Wrestling. And in case you have just stumbled across this video, I have a friend. It's called The Finger of Power. That's right, those words came out of my mouth. And I give the good bits an up, which means yes. And I give the bad bits a no, which means down. I got that wrong. The point is, we review wrestling and we do it by just throwing our fingers around the place. It's as strange as it sounds. Let's up those downs. not mucking around this week because as soon as AEW Dynamite did start, Cody Rhodes was in the ring, so was Tammy Guevara, and it was TNT title ladder match time. That doesn't really roll off the tongue. Seriously though, all this back and forth about Cody Rhodes and what he is doing, what he's not doing, and Sammy Guevara's own title reign and whether it was any good or not, take all of that and throw it out the window. Because when it comes to ladder matches, especially in recent memory, and there have been a lot of them, this may be the best of the bunch. And if you want to start having the conversation, is this one of the best matches we've seen on Dynamite maybe ever? Well, you better start putting it in the conversation. It started somewhat slow in one sense because we weren't using the ladders right away but even then when they were hitting the ropes Sammy Guevara did a backflip over Cody Rhodes and you try and do a backflip right now I'll give you a second how did it go that's right you landed on your face after they had tried some signature moves and failed they both went let's just go and get some ladders and you just knew that something bad was about to happen because Cody got one and he made like a ladder bridge between Barry the Barricade and the ring and I audibly went whoop roll like I'm flipping Scooby-Doo Sammy then threw Cody Rhodes into Barry Barricade poor guy and he hit a car on the floor and then he got a ladder and he started using it as a weapon. And I swear, we have seen so much crazy stuff in wrestling that you see another person be hit with this, I don't know, elongated piece of steel, and we don't even react. There's no way it doesn't hurt. We then got nuts because there was the greatest suplex I've ever seen off a ladder. Then Cody Rhodes suplexed Sammy Guevara onto a ladder. And there was also a figure four around a ladder. And around about this point, Sammy was like, man, I better start fighting back into this. Do you know what Rhodes did? He took another ladder and he chucked it into his face. And do not try that one. Again, you don't want a big bit of metal smacking yourself in the skull. Somehow this didn't kill him. So when Guevara had got back into this, 
He went to the top of one ladder. Cody was at the top of the other ladder. And this is what I was talking about in the intro. He hit this cutter that was perfect. I'm not kidding you. It could not have gone any better. Like, you know when you look at my face and my jawline? Well, it was the opposite of that. There was nothing wrong about this maneuver. And I shall watch it for the rest of my days. And at the end of it, just go, how? Why? I don't get it. They were then just throwing each other all over the place. And even Fuego Del Sol came out. It was like, please, please stop the madness. So Cody went, ha, ha, and absolutely destroyed him. And we saw a GTH on the outside. But it all finished when both guys did get to the top of one ladder. Sammy got both the TNT titles. He smashed Cody right in the face. He fell down like a tree. Sammy retrieved the championships. And now he is officially your and mine and everybody else's. D&D champion. I really love how much this title does ping pong all around the place because it makes it so much more interesting. And honestly, I bet you love this. I love this. If you haven't watched it yet and for some reason you're watching me first, you will love it as well. Unless like you have a weird affinity with ladders and you were worried about their safety. In fact, it was so excellent. It doesn't just get an up. It gets the golden up. I also got an extra bit of fun out of this because I saw you. I always saw you in the front section on camera as well. There was a Simon, give me an up sign. I'm a fickle, fickle man. I love it every single time you make my damn day. And if you ask, I deliver, you get it up. As this episode of Dynamite was dubbed Beach Break 2, even though they were in Ohio, we did actually get a segment on the beach because Dante Martin here, Powerhouse Will Hobbs was here, looking like two badasses. And they start throwing out some challenges. They want to take on Dante Martin. They want to take on Jay Lethal. I think this is going to happen on Rampage or Dynamite very soon. And honestly, go and look how these two are dressed. They're the coolest people on the planet. After this, we also continue the rise of Wardlow as well. Because he didn't just take out one guy. He took out two guys. And two is one more than one. It was Elijah Dean and Jake Alexander who were his victims this week. And Wardlow just came out, powerbombed the shib out of them, basically looked them right in the face and went, ha ha, flub you, Mother Hubbard. And he beat him. Sean Spears was also at ringside. And even though you know where this story is going, there is nothing wrong with a simple narrative. In fact, nine times out of ten, they're the best ones. And I cannot wait for the Wardlow FaceTime. It is going to be so satisfying. I just said FaceTime. I mean, FaceTime, that was a real laugh. Imagine that. Hey, Wardlow. He's like, who the hell is this ball guy? And then, well... I was surprised. Because it was the Inner Circle versus Daniel Garcia and his dad's 2.0. And the entire story here completely focused on Chris Jericho, Santana and Ortiz. To the point, Los Champion was trying to get tags, but the proud and the powerful were like, nah, bro, we don't want to touch a stupid hand. I mean, it got so bad that Chris Jericho seemed like he was going to leave them entirely at one point. I mean, he had jumped down onto the mat below him. But then from nowhere, he saw Matt Lee. He gave him the Judas effect. That allowed Santana to hit a pile driver. And yeah, the inner circle got the win and they got the one, two, three. And I assumed there was going to be some kind of fallout here. And Chris Jericho did flip somebody off. But who the hell knows who that's going to be. But I do admit I am very intrigued by this. Also kind of fascinated that we didn't see Eddie Kingston. I know he's injured right now, but I thought he would come out here. So this one, I want to see where it goes. Although as a quick side note, I will say, please keep doing stuff with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. They are so good, it's ridiculous. 
but I shall give it an up. We then found out that Lance Archer versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship is going to be a Texas Deathmatch. And we definitely found out at the same time as Adam Page, because during this video, somebody told him, and he was like, wait, what? Where, where did that come from? Honestly, one of the best sell jobs I've seen in 2022. I love that guy. We also had a quick skit with the Jurassic Express, Matt Hardy and Private Party, because Private Party will challenge the Jurassic Express on Rampage for the tag team title titles and going off what they've done before that's probably going to be quite good all of this was then followed by mjf versus cm punk which for my money imagine i just threw it at you and gave you some is one of the best and hottest feuds in all the wrestling right now punk just wanted to fight because he's so bored of chatting it out with mjf and there was this really good bit when he took off his hoodie and he had mjf scarf on underneath and i think this was enough to summon maxwell out he came. He acted like he was going to take the match right here, right now, but instead they've delayed it till next week because we're in Chicago, which is CM Punk territory. And because Maxwell was all wound up, he got the microphone and he got to talking. Because as they were in Cleveland, MGF was all like, well, maybe you're going to bail on these guys like you did back in 2014 when CM Punk left the WWE. And he mentioned how he whined and he cried and he went on a podcast. There were some other insinuations here. And as ever, if you know what they're talking about, you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's saying this on live TV. Punk then snapped back that the best thing he ever did was leave wrestling and the next best thing he ever did was come back to wrestling. My word, do I like CM Punk. And this, of course, is when MJF's goons came out. Sean Spears jumped CM Punk from behind and they beat him up. But we still made sure to carry on the Wardlow narrative because he was doing nothing until his boss went, oh, you better powerbomb him on that chair. So he did. CM Punk looked hurt. So I absolutely love the fact that we are going to get CM Punk versus MGF, but we're also going to get the Wardlow FaceTime, as I'm going to call it now. This whole thing has been so well planned out, and I'm going to give that a round of applause as well. The Acclaimed then lost their minds because Anthony Bowens is going to be taking on John Moxley on Rampage. Now, as you know, I like The Acclaimed. They are one of my favorite tag teams, but dudes, have you seen this guy? He's gonna kill you. We also had a quick promo with Griff Garrison and Julia Hart where it looked like Julia was about to discuss the House of Black when she got interrupted by Mark Sterling. So to bring it down, that is 14 interruptions in AEW and 37 overall. And don't forget, wrestling tropes are fun, so we may as well have fun with them. Anyway, Sterling was here to give her a contract and say, oh, you're going to be fighting Jade Cargill for the TBS Championship. And I also think he said this was a waiver. So basically, if you do get hurt, it's not our fault. And Julia Hart just signed it. I was like, you probably didn't have to do that. Layla Hirsch was then on Dynamite, and I've made no secret that I'm a big fan of hers and that her recent heel turn has been perfect for her character. She was also taking on Red Velvet, which was doubly nice because over the last 12 months or so, we have seen these two blossom and become very good wrestlers. Unfortunately, though, it doesn't always work. And on this night, I would say when it came to their match, like it was okay, but it didn't really click like I'm sure they'd hoped. It certainly wasn't bad, but for one reason or another, their timing was just a little bit off. But let's look at the positives here. One, Layla Hurst was just kicking ass for a good portion of this, and she pulls this off despite her small stature. And Red Velvet's facial expressions are so on point. At one point, Layla just bailed, and she was like, oh man, are you kidding me? And I totally believed it. It all led to a kind of difficult, most devastating move in all of sports entertainment surprise roll-up exchange at the end. And of course, because Layla Hirsch is a bad guy now, she held onto the tights 
and I love it when that happens in wrestling. It's like, I'm evil now, I'm gonna do the evil things. So this was a good experience for both and I'm sure they'll learn from, but also probably not one that's gonna last very long in the memory, down. Hers was still raging afterwards, so she put Velvet in the armbar, but of course out came Chris Statlander. We continue on this feud, and I have been enjoying that muchly. It's been built well. Malachi Black and Brody King were then here in this nice little video package they've made for themselves, and they essentially said, hey Pac, how you doing, you no-eyed goon? We don't really like you, so we gonna kill you. So if I was Pac, I would ring the police right now and say, uh, you need to come sort this out. Seriously though, the House of Black is one of the coolest things in all of wrestling right now. They really do come across as freaky dicky. And it was time to check your teeth after this, because out came Britt Baker. This was wonderful as well, because while it was just your standard promo, she had all of her 2021 Women of the Year awards for best match and most improved. And because they were in Cleveland, she came out dressed as if the Pittsburgh Steelers had thrown up over her and just went, ha we're the best and all you people suck. She ripped into the Brown, she ripped into Baker Mayfield, who of course shares a similar name with her. And despite everyone loving Britt Baker, it took around about eight seconds before she was being booed out of the place. She really deserves every single one of those accolades. That's basically what she did. She went out there, she wound everybody up and she left. Also think she said she wants to be the woman of the decade. So she has eight years to go. She may actually be able to do it. We kind of got a little bit of a tie-in after this too because out came Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose and my word, they were angry. And Nyla has decided the only reason she's not the TBS champion is because of Ruby Soho. So soon they shall have a match. All of this meant it was then time for our main event, which was indeed an unsanctioned lights out match between Adam Cole and Aaron Cassidy. And of course, in the past, when we have seen these, they have been absolutely bonkers. Now this one was still bonkers, but they kind of reeled in a little bit, which I thought was smart. I also thought it allowed it to stand on its own two feet. I had a lot of fun with this. There was also some major surprises during it. The main one being we got a debut that I think a lot of people were hoping for because that's right, Danhausen is all elite. And this was so damn good too because after Adam Cole had beaten up Orange Cassidy for a little bit, he went to get a chair from under the ring and holding on to the other side of it was Mr. Very Nice, Very Evil. He then cursed Adam Cole and when it wasn't really walking, he just casually walked off like, well, I tried, maybe I'll go do something else. So I was dying because this was an absolutely unique way to introduce someone to your roster. And I've already seen some of the hot takes on the internet going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just do not get it. Dan Housen, if nothing else, is the perfect epitome of why wrestling is so good. You can come up with any character you want. You can be super creative. And as long as it connects with the fans, you've done it. You've won. Somebody should give you a medal. He's also super over. He got a crazy reaction. And the whole persona is just so damn entertaining. So I was really pleased to see Dan Housen. And I bet it just gets funnier and funnier and funnier. Because that dude, he just comes out with things that are so left field and he is definitely getting it up. It was then right back into the action as Adam Cole pump kicked a chair into Orange Cassidy's face, but he fought back by spine-bustering him through Alan the announce table. Although actually it wasn't Alan the announce table, and it was Tina the timekeeper's table, but this is getting way too confusing, so let's just move on. Adam then worked over Orange Cassidy's hand, which was gonna tie into the finish, but Orange Cassidy didn't want none of that, so he Mishinuku drive at Adam Cole into around about 722 chairs. And Orange hand was bleeding at this point, like I just talked about, and 
when do you ever see a bleeding hand? It then interrupted into insanity as everybody associated with these two guys tried to interfere. Like you had the best friends, you had the young bucks, Bobby Fish was swimming around out there, and it caused such a distraction, Orange Cassidy was able to hit the orange punch, but again, it's a punch you used your hand that hurt his fist who went, ah, I'm in pain, and he wasn't able to make the cover. Adam Cole then decided he would do what he has been doing up to this point and smashed Orange right in the balls, and you will never be able to guess what happened next unless you've seen it. Cassidy didn't react to it at all. He put his hands into his pants and revealed that he was wearing a cup with thumbtacks in it. Now, over here, really smart, and the idea and it worked, but over here, what if this had gone wrong? I don't want to think about it. This thing got even more nuts because they were brawling all over the place, including backstage. And as for the finish, my word, man, I swear, wrestlers, they think they're just like impervious to pain. This was crazy. Because in short, these two guys climbed up on top of the staging like they went up a lighting rig. Orange Cassidy then used the power of the hug to trap Adam Cole. And both of them fell from the top all the way through this big explosive floor thingamajig, allowing Orange Cassidy to get the win. But honestly, when you watched it back and you saw how Adam Cole hit the ground, well, I was worried for him, but apparently he's okay and thank goodness for that. It also amazingly allowed Cassidy to get the win, but I thought all of this was really smart because, of course, it is unsanctioned match, so the wins and losses don't count towards the rankings, so it's not going to affect any future storylines. It also gave Orange a major win, which he probably needed. This was a fantastic way to finish what I thought was a fantastic dynamite and up. And I kind of just gave away what I thought about the whole show too. It absolutely zoomed by and what a great way to start things with the ladder match. And what a great way to end things with that unsanctioned absolute war. So we shall see what happens next week, but it is getting it up.